everyone, and welcome to Minute 8 of the Movie Around Minute, the daily podcast, where we take a wild trip through the 1987 John Hughes comedy, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, one minute at a time. I'm Rob, and joining me again is Aaron Newworth of Out Now with Aaron and Abe. Welcome back to the show, Aaron. Hello, hello. I'm happy to be back. And I'm happy to have you back. So, Minute 8 begins with Susan telling Marty who's on the phone, and goes all the way till Neil telling Dell about his taxi encounter. So yesterday we ended this, uh, the episode by talking about the fact that Neil and Susan were having a conversation, but we only saw the, the conversation from the side of, of Susan in Chicago, where Neil is stuck in New York, possibly LaGuardia, probably JFK, who knows? We'll, we'll never know. Doesn't really matter. He's in an airport somewhere in, in the tri-state area. How's that? Works. Susan then says to her daughter, Marty, it's daddy. And then Marty says, flight delay. So then she says into the phone, well, when do you think you'll be in? And then we get a shot of Neil, who says it shouldn't be any later than 10. Now, earlier he had promised that he would be home by nine, which isn't going to happen. <laughs> That's ambitious thinking that 10 o'clock. Yeah, I'll be home by 10. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Exactly. And then her response is, well, I'll wait up for you. Which, it's a good thing she decided, for anyone who's seen this whole movie, this movie in, in, in its entirety, it's a good thing she didn't wait up for him. Yeah. It'd take a little bit of time for her to get up, to, to, for her to, to finally get him to come home. So then we get a quick shot of the, the plane on the runway, which I don't know why they're showing us the plane on the runway, because... The plane isn't, he's not on the plane and he's not taking off yet. Then Neil looks over at the clock and we see the clock change from 6.57 to 6.58. So it means he's been sitting there for about an hour. And you can see that he just looks really, really tired. And then he's looking around at all the people uh, sitting around him during the, in the, the waiting area or, or the lounge or whatever. It's probably not a lounge. It's just the, the typical waiting area right outside of the yeah, terminal. Just, yeah. Right. Some people are reading newspapers. Yeah. Some people are reading books. And we see uh, Dell is right across from him. And the first thing that, that I noticed about Dell this time when I was watching it is he's, hey, he actually has no shoes on. He's already taken his shoes off as he's sitting. I, I did notice that, actually. I did <laughs> notice that this time, yeah. I mean, next, next week we'll talk more about his his uh, feet and his odor without without socks and shoes and stuff like that. But here he he's sitting with his socks on in the uh, in, in the waiting area. And you see that the, there are newspapers strewn around the floor all around him. And he has like a pile. Everyone is, is seems cramped in their seats. But Dell has two seats. He has his seat. And then the seat next to him is filled with all of his stuff. He's got his briefcase, his jacket, his sports bag, a newspaper. You know, all of it is piled up right next to him. He's got his hat there also. You know, all these all these iconic devices that we can say, oh, that's Dell Griffiths. We know who that is. <laughs> And then you can actually even see his shoes are on the floor, you know, waiting for that. Now, Neil, Neil is trying to read a magazine, but he just gets a little frustrated while he's doing it. And then he, he closes the magazine and looks over at Dell. And you can see behind Neil at this point, there's, there's a woman that's like fixing her makeup behind him. She's in the row behind him or something like that. And we'll, we'll get to that in a second, why I'm mentioning that. And then Neil looks over at Dell, who's reading a paperback novel that says on it, uh, The Canadian Mounted. Yeah, I saw that for sure. 
Yeah. And I was like, yeah, it's Canadian. It's Canadian. <laughs> okay, well, there's a few things about the, the that book. Good. Right. I'm sure there are. <laughs> the, fir- the first thing is is obviously the obvious joke is the fact that it you know you have John Candy reading a trashy novel that that looks like it's some sort of sex novel or whatever it is, and he's Canadian, so they threw in the whole Canadian bit into there. Do you know what other movie features someone reading a paperback that says on it Canadian Mounted? Any clue? No. All right. It was in Deadpool 2. That makes sense. Yeah, okay. Ryan Reynolds is apparently a very, very big fan of John Candy and decided to yeah. throw that reference in there. So I actually went and did a search on online to see what else I can find about it. And I actually found that there is a book called the Canadian Mounted that you can buy on Amazon for, I think it was $5. I think that's what it was. It's basically a book all about this movie Hmm. where it talks about the fact that, you know, how much uh, Ryan Reynolds adores John Candy. And it explains the, the incident that inspired John Hughes to actually write this whole movie. There's a section of that are called Dellisms, which are probably just quotes of things that Dell says over the period, over the course of the movie. They have full discussions of all the deleted scenes from from the uh, from the movie and from the the script itself, and it basically just has a lots of general trivia about this movie. Had I known about this a few months ago, I probably would have tried to get a copy of it, but I never did. So, what can I tell you? Now, the tagline for the book is my favorite. It's the prop book that keeps popping up. So I, I, I'm hoping it pops up in more movies at this point to really make that make that tagline sound. Well, I think that's up to Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> Depends if he decides that he wants to, to make it pop up in movies or not. I don't know. So then you see Dell looking up at Neil over the, the top of the book. You know, like he lowers the, the, the paperback a little bit and looks over at Neil and Neil looks back at him. And then Dell looks at him again and starts squinting his eyes. I mean, I, I, first of all, that's great editing, the way that they do this. You can see that these two people are sizing one another up throughout the entire thing. And then they do such an amazing thing. They, they allow us to see what's going through Neil's mind. Okay, mm-hmm. He remembers who Dell is or where he saw him. And we see that they have a taxi window superimposed on Dell where he – you know, it's just startled because Neil opened up that the... look again. And it's just a really funny look. <laughs> yes. Yes. But the best part about it is you still see the background of the airport. You know, it just superimposes the, the taxi yeah. on him. You see the the sign for, for the, I think it's called the Mid-Central Airline or something like that. That's the name of the airline. And it's just really funny the way that they do that. It's not as if they just show us a, a flashback of Neil remembering that he saw this guy who quote unquote stole his cab or not, you know? So it's just, I thought that was, that was very it funny. Is, it's a very specific choice on Hughes's part. Cause he easily could have just edited back to that exact scene, but instead he's like, what do we do this? It's like, exactly. it's funny. <laughs> and it's hilarious the way that, that they do it because, you know, you just have a guy sitting in an airport lounge and you, you superimpose a taxi cab uh, door on him. I, I wonder if they, they did that with visual effects at the time or they actually used practical effects. And just brought it um, in, and someone was holding. You know, there were two people holding up the the side of the door to make it I look like it was practical. Yeah, honestly, I, it's probably practical. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's an amazing effect. There's no question about that. Whether, however, they did it, 
it, it just is amazing the way that they did it. And then we see that Neil shows some sort of recognition on his face that he's he's figured out what it is. But what's interesting is, is Dell is actually the first one to say something. Dell looks at him and starts wagging his finger at him and says, I know you, don't I? I'm usually very good with names, but I'll be damned if I've forgotten yours. And he says it in such a a matter of fact way. It's it's it it's nice. It sort of it does start to endear Dell. I mean, this is this is the first line that we get of Dell throughout the entire movie. So they they do a nice job of that because you know they cut out from the script all those other parts where he's talking, and he sounds very sincere with the way that he says it here, and he's like laughing as he talks also. And then Neil's response is, you stole my cat. <laughs> Which, and and Dell's response is, is, I've never stolen anything in my life. Like, the way he takes it is so, it's, I mean, it's very candy for one thing, but they just he just kind of gives this, I've never stolen a thing in my life. Like, he just, he has such a good read on, on this. Yeah, but also to think about it, it's not like someone said, you stole my wallet, you stole my, you, you stole my cab. <laughs> Where am I going to take your cab when I steal it? You know, and put it in my jacket pocket. You know, that type of thing. But these two lines say so much about these characters because it really gives us an idea of who these characters are by the mm-hmm. by the way that they say the things. Just by Neil saying, "You stole my cab," very accusatory. Don't. It's the, accusatory while also feeling like he's above it. Like, yeah, you know, it's like, yeah, you stole my cab. And I'm going to hold you that at the same time I'm better than you, which is why <laughs> I, I, why I do dance with the idea that Steve Martin, I think, is a villain in his own movie. He's his, he's his own worst enemy, I guess is the way I should say. It. Well, I think he starts off in somewhat of a villainous way. I mean, throughout the course of the movie, he, he actually has a great arc. No, he does. That's, I mean, that's the that's, purpose of the movie. But yeah, yeah. I mean, it's from, from this outset, though, based on what we were talking about last on the last episode, as far as the bits that they cut from candy to make basically make it more of a, you know, make it more of a, a big reveal as far as introducing him into the, the role, but also not like overplaying him as a buffoon or what have you. It, it keeps you in the shoes of, yes, you want Steve Martin to make it, but at the same time, he's not doing himself any favors. Right. Uh, in this, in this early portion. Correct. I, I agree with you on that. Now I mentioned earlier about the, the woman with the makeup in the background. So this is still in the, in the same conversation. So we're talking seconds between when they first showed Neil and we saw her putting her makeup on and now we see her and she's no longer putting her makeup, but she's reading a newspaper. So somehow she very quickly was able to, you know, put away all that, that, that makeup case and, and grab a newspaper for her to, to take a look at it. She saw, she saw a curious headline and just immediately grabbed that paper. Yeah. I mean, the, the obvious explanation is, is because the scene is much longer in the original script that they filmed. So there was a lot more going on between, the time that she was putting on the makeup and, and and then opening the newspaper. So, you know, that makes sense. Now, Neil then says, I held a cab on Park Avenue this afternoon. And before I can get in, and it, it, it gets cut off because that's the end of the minute. We don't care what it is. But wait a second. He says this afternoon. We're talking two hours ago? <laughs> I mean, it's it not, was the afternoon. <laughs> it was the afternoon. Well, again, it should have been in the dark but yeah it was the afternoon <laughs> so yeah i mean I, I found it a little interesting the 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 way that 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 he states it this afternoon. like i wouldn't say to somebody two hours later i tried calling you this afternoon 
I would I would say to someone I tried calling you two hours ago. Don't you think? A lot of, a lot of things happen. I don't know. Right. <laughs> different people, different reads. Right. Okay. So you have anything else specific about this this minute you want to talk about? Um. No, we got more stuff coming. No, no, I'm good. Right. Okay. So now uh, once again, talk a little bit about the differences in the script. So one of the things that I mentioned last week is that in the original script, there was a lot of animosity between Neil and Susan. And she constantly thinks that he is lying to her and cheating on her and he's making that, all this up. Okay. So that goes along with, with what is, what is shown here in their conversation. So he calls and she answers the phone and he goes, you're not going to believe what happened. And then her response is, you race to the airport, nearly killed yourself. And when you get to the gate, the flight was delayed. <laughs> and he's apparently completely shocked that she knows exactly what it is that happened to him. And then her response is, I know you can't prevent flight delays, but you can prevent traveling immediately before a holiday. I asked you not to, but you had your priorities. So then we see Neil rolling his eyes. And then she says, and don't roll your eyes. <laughs> <laughs> so then he says, honey, I don't run the airline. So then her response is, I'm not arguing on the phone. I'll see you when you get home. And then she hangs up the phone on him. So, you know, that, that would change. That definitely is a completely different tone. Yeah, the, the dynamic the, between them is more. Yes, uh, it's less healthy. It's it's more like volatile. There's no question yeah. about that. And and throughout the course of of this script, it gets more and more throughout as everything happens to him along the way. But people have to listen in along the way to to hear those things. The whole scene in the lounge is drawn out because you have Neil looking at Dell and. It's very descriptive of, of what Neil thinks of Dell along the way. Mm -hmm. And then we have the, the conversation between Dell and Neil, where Dell basically says to him, they actually started talking before the, the plane was announced that it was delayed. And basically, Neil says to him, I just want to check in and get on board. So Dell says, well, if you're on the 909 to Chicago, you got plenty of time. <laughs> Which, you know, that, that type of response wouldn't, wouldn't necessarily be the best thing for someone to, to want to hear at that point anyway and they also mentioned that instead of him saying that we were on park avenue they said that that it was on 58th and park which again as we know they were on 50th and park so it's a good thing they changed that we now have two more segments that we're going to do on today's show first we have hugh's hump day where aaron will tell us his top five movies written and directed by john hughes so i went with one or the other because some are just written um I, so I'm not the biggest Hughes guy. Like, I like Hughes, but, like, he's not one of my go-tos for, like, comedy favorites or what have you. Um, that doesn't mean I discount, but, like, here's, here's, my, here's my five through one. Uh, so number five, uh, Baby's Day Out, which I've watched recently enough to still think is a very funny movie. I don't think I've ever <laughs> seen ridiculous. that. <laughs> it, you got Joe Mantegna <laughs> doing some slapstick. It's And Joe Pants, for one. It, it's, it's pretty funny. Uh, National Lampoon's Vacation. Um, let's see. Uh, and then it's always it's some of his teen stuff. So the Breakfast Club is my number three, which I like less than most people, but I still think it's a good movie. Um, then Weird Science, 
which I probably like more than most people, uh, despite probably not being a very good movie. <laughs> but I think it, it's entertaining. Yeah, I, I'm entertained by it's very entertaining. No question about that. Yeah. And then uh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. I, that that is that is the one Hughes movie where I think is is truly a, a classic, even with minor misgivings I might have about it. I think it's a really good movie. Okay, great. Thank you for those. So today's <laughs> off the beaten track. I will give a little misadventure that I once had when I was traveling. So I remember when I was in high school, I, for some reason, was on the uh, basketball team. My, my, uh, I was in a uh, small private school in Detroit <laughs> where it was very small. I mean, I had 12 kids in my graduating class, so you can imagine. And that's boys and girls together. It was, it was co-ed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so there weren't that many people in, in, in the whole school as a whole. So somehow I was on the basketball team, even though I'm not a sports guy at all. Especially, I'm now even less of a sports guy than I was back then. But for some reason, I decided I still wanted to be on on the basketball team. And and we had a tournament that we went. We were going to go to Chicago for for a few days for a basketball tournament with a few other uh, Jewish private day schools. Uh, I think two of them were in Chicago itself, and maybe one came from Baltimore. I don't remember where, or maybe Cleveland, something like that. And when I was packing, I was I was playing with with a whole bunch of different things that I had in my room, and I had like a pair of fake handcuffs that I was I was playing with. And then I get to the airport, and you know I'm there with all my all, all my friends, and you know they're we're going through the X-ray machine, and then the the woman who's doing the X-ray machine. Now I remember this is this is pre nine eleven, so things were very different back then. This must have been in. 1989, I think it was, maybe 1990, probably 1989, I think. And then I hear the the woman at the X-ray go, all right, who's the Joker with the handcuffs? And I continue talking with my friends and stuff like that. And she goes, whose bag is this? And I look over and I see it's my bag. (laughs) So apparently, as I was playing around in my room, I somehow, you know, just flipped the, the, the handcuffs accidentally into my bag. So she said, you can't take these on the plane. I said, what? You think I'm going to take them and, and try and handcuff the, the pilot to the to, to the cockpit? And she, she gave a little bit of a laugh, which, again, nowadays, if anyone would say something like that to Homeland, I, I think that would not be a very smart move. <laughs> you know, but here I was, a 15, 16-year-old kid saying something like that. And she, she said, give it to someone who's, who's checking in a bag, and you'll be able to get it on the way, you know, you'll be able to get it through. So that's what I did. I gave it to someone who hadn't checked their bag in yet. They put it in and that was it. So I felt pretty stupid, but, you know, I still have a story 33 years later about the fact how, there you how, go. I, how I accidentally got a pair of handcuffs into a bag that I really didn't mean to do. So, yeah, that that's my little misadventure. Not that it's not criminal. I've, I've done more things that would probably be a lot more criminal that maybe we'll get to along the course of this show. Who knows? All right. So, Aaron, you want to once again tell people how they can get in touch with you? Sure. You can find me on uh, thecodeofzeke.com. That's my personal blog where all my stuff ends up. But I also write for Wheel of Entertainment and um, why, why So Blue for movie reviews and Blu-ray reviews. I'm also on Variety occasionally, and I co-host a podcast out now with Aaron and Abe. Uh, with my friend Abe, we talk about weekly movie releases, and I'm on Twitter, Aaron's PS4. Excellent. And to, to find me, all you do is just do a quick search for Movie Rob Minute. You can find me on Twitter, Facebook, find our website, lots of other places. And while you're doing that, go rate and review and subscribe on any podcatcher that you might be using. So, Aaron, you want to come back again for another episode tomorrow? 
I'll train in. All right. Well, until tomorrow, you're f- <laughs> You're f- <laughs>